Number 14, 14. coming at you. It's 14 crazy, in man. two days. He's an animal. Ryan Selkis, <laughs> at 2BitIdiot. This is number 14 for Masari's Unqualified Opinions, live at ETH Denver. We've had a great crew so far. Got another one, another good one coming up. Thanks for having me. It's going to depend. Like we'll, we'll, we'll see at the end whether it's good or great. I think you're going to be a great interview. I got high, I got high hopes. What's the origin story of 2-Bit Idiot? Because um, well, you're not an idiot. Uh, well, that's debatable. That's, that's highly debatable. Um, but that was my name for combating Reddit trolls back in the day, and it just kind of stuck. So, um, Mick Hagen is the founder of the Mainframe. Um, I am. And uh, we're going to talk about Mainframe. We're going to talk about uh, some of the new products uh, they announced this weekend yep. uh, as part, part of ETH Denver. Yep. And, uh, and riff on a few other things. Um, but uh, for starters, Mick, tell us about Mainframe, how you got into this wild world, because I feel like you went from zero to 100 <laughs> like, real fast uh, in 2017 when we yeah, first met. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously there's been tremendous follow through. So you weren't one of the get rich quick types, but you certainly capitalized on the movement and, and it seemed to fit pretty well with the mainframe product. So Yeah, I mean, I, I invested in Bitcoin in 2013. So I was kind of entrepreneurs, dropped out of Princeton, started a tech company. It was acquired by Chegg, which is a public company. And as part of that acquisition, I started doing a bunch of angel investing. In 2013, I invested in Bitcoin as well. And for a few years, I just kind of let it sit on Coinbase. Mm -hmm. In fact, I even, I changed phone numbers. So for a while, I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even do my, two-factor off to get into Coinbase. So it was kind of a forced hodl. I just couldn't get in. I didn't, I didn't deal with customer service. But in 2016, I was a mentor at Techstars, and there was a company going through called Aid Tech, and they were using blockchain technology to help kind of solve some of the fraud problems that was happening at refugee camps, where nonprofits would give money and, and essentially the real-life double-spend problem for refugees. And I started to look more into blockchain, and really just was fascinated with the, the use cases beyond just speculation and, and Bitcoin. And with, with Mainframe, I started it in 2014 and the idea was to build a better email, better decentralized protocols, had nothing to do with blockchain, just build better communication protocols. And so as I started to learn more about blockchain, started to learn more about how it can be used or how tokens can be used to incentivize people to help support a network, that's when we really started to explore, you know, how could we because what, what we did was we built a decentralized protocol, but a lot of the companies that we were working with, because it was kind of B2B use cases, mm -hmm. they're like, why don't you guys host all the messaging? And we said, well, well, that's too bad. We just worked really hard to make this decentralized. <laughs> why don't you guys host it? We want this to replace email. And so that's when we started to explore how to create more incentives for people to host this decentralized network. And so that's 2017. We, we released this product called Onyx, which is kind of the first decentralized messaging tool out there at DevCon in Mexico mm -hmm. uh, and kind of evolved from there into, because as we were building that, we realized, wow, this is really hard to build a decentralized application. You need computation, you need file storage, you need data services, you need payments. And so we ended up started, starting to kind of cobble together a bunch of these mm -hmm. ver you know, various services that are needed to build a decentralized application. And that's when we said, well, why don't we put a nice SDK around this and I'll uh, allow other people to use all of these services that we've kind of connected together. And so today Mainframe is a platform that allows developers to, to build rich decentralized applications. It's an SDK, kind of an abstraction around a, a number of service layers. You know, like I said, computation, file storage, data services. And really we're trying to make it really easy for developers to deploy dApps, but also make it easy for users to use dApps. What are dApps? What are decentralized dApps? 
So that's what mainframe is today. It's, it's a tool set for developers to build decentralized applications. Have you, have you de-emphasized the messaging component and gone all in on the, the DAP development and, and kind of um, the infrastructure? A little bit. I mean, we have so much history in messaging all the way back to 2014 that we really know and understand the space. And obviously messaging is a great use case for a, a tool or a protocol that needs to be censorship resistant, that needs to be open and free. And so we're still exploring kind of potentially bringing Onyx onto the mainframe OS, exploring ways in which we can make sure communication applications or dApps can be built and can thrive. But yeah, we've moved a little bit beyond that, bigger than that, but I mean, that's still such a great use case. So many places in the world, people cannot speak freely. They can't communicate mm -hmm. or, uh, with whom they want or where they want or what they want. So that's a huge problem still. What's the, what's the X for Y, like shorthand, lazy investor, uh, that you guys use for explaining mainframe. It's blank for depths, like it's a, just compare it to the traditional world. Because it's, it's, it's a pretty yeah. comprehensive set of problems yeah. that you're tackling. Most of the ones you just listed have dedicated teams that are and working so, on computation, exactly. file storage. And so we're not yeah. trying to build all of the underlying service mm -hmm. layers. You know, for example, on file storage, we're, we're deeply connected and partnered with Swarm, which is mm -hmm. part of the Ethereum Foundation. Right, we're on the on the data services side. We're looking, at, you know, working and partnering with Bluezell or Wolk, a few others, and so it's not something where we're trying to build everything. We can't build everything. We're, we're but the, the challenge is that you have a lot of different tokens and a lot of different incentivization schemes, and so for the average developer here at the Hackathon, it's kind of hard to kind of connect all these pieces together, and so yeah, I, I would say, I mean, an equivalent service in the Web two world or the traditional world be something like Firebase, mm -hmm. where if you want to quickly get an app up and running, but you don't want to have to deal with authentication, you don't want to have to deal with database, you know, kind of a number of things that just like, you shouldn't have to worry about that. You should worry about what's the core kind of business logic, the core value of your application. And so that, something like that maybe is like a Firebase or mm -hmm. a Parse, something like that. Who are some of the teams that have built on top of mainframe at this point? Well, at this point, this is the biggest release we're releasing right now at ETHDEN. We're kind of a soft launch. We haven't made it open to the general public, but we've got a few bounties here at ETHDEN. So some of the up-and-comers, hopefully. Yeah, so some of the up-and-comers. <laughs> so this is really the biggest release that will allow the most type of functionality to be built. I mean, before, you know, for the last few months, internally, we would do like fart, daps. I mean, these are like not anything very useful, but for the first time here also this Also highly <laughs> marketable. Yeah, for the first time this weekend, people can start building more meaningful applications that are decentralized. Mm -hmm. So, what what do you think um, will be some of the uh, some of the interesting things that come out of this? So, I I assume that the bounties have some type of structure. So, so where are you trying to direct people to play around in, uh, with with the yeah. toolkit? Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of my big passions, and I would say one of the north stars for me and in, in my life and my career, is trying to create. And I think this is why a lot of us are here, is trying to create more opportunity for people, more freedoms for people. And I think freedoms can come in a lot of different shapes and sizes, but the freedom that I'm really excited about and I think about a lot is economic freedom. Mm -hmm. So making it easier for developers to have a clear business model, to, to have some sort of service that they can make money on, earn a living on, and also allow new communities, new networks, new micro-economies to emerge, where not just the developers are earning and, and providing a living for themselves, but also the participants, the users, right? people working together to create a new network that's valuable. And so, you know, so I, I think a lot of, a few of the bounties that we have are around kind of social impact. What are ways 
in which you can create new freedoms, new economic freedoms or other types of freedoms for people, leveraging our platform, leveraging new dApps. Uh, so, and there's so much happening in, in kind of decentralized finance, open finance, it's super exciting. A lot of these types of use cases don't require massive scalability, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. So I think the types of applications that could thrive on mainframe OS are, are, are applications around some of these open finance type use cases. You guys must have internally some short list of things that you can crank out because I, I, um, I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard this from other people. If, if you could come out with some test applications to, to showcase like how different pieces of the system work, yeah. you know, it's going to be a hell of a lot more powerful. What, what would be, um, if you were going to spin something up for people to play around with and walk them through the step-by-step, -step, what, what would be an example uh, of, of a dApp that you'd find compelling outside yeah. of the fart dApp, which I'm, well, we can we can <laughs> talk compelling. about we can talk about that if you all right you know what screw it yeah this no, is this fine. is this is number fourteen right now if you want to talk about that we'll go down the fucking rabbit hole I don't care um, or, or, yeah, but, or or something a little bit more serious yeah I mean, how, how do the different yeah let's talk about that so I mean at the top of the list is definitely messaging right and we have such a history of messaging we know how to build messaging applications. We need messaging tools that are truly free and open and censorship resistant. So that's definitely at the top of the list. I think if you, you know, right there at the top of like, okay, what, what are the types of use cases that blockchain technology can enable that are kind of ready for prime time? It is a lot of the finance type use cases. It's lending, it's borrowing, it's, uh, you know, obviously exchange. Uh, so, so dApps that are potentially built on some of these protocols like 0x or, or Dharma or a compound, you know, with the, Die, the list goes on and on. So I think a lot of interesting DeFi use cases, you know, a number of gaming projects have approached us. Uh, gaming continues to be an interesting use case. Um, and then and just that, kinda, that seems closer aligned to messaging. Um, uh, the, the, gaming. the gaming use case versus some of the, the financial use cases. So let, let's let's talk about Onyx, right? If you were to port that over, um, how, how do the different pieces of the mainframe OS um, get applied to, to building Onyx as, as a fully tokenized, decentralized messaging platform. Yeah, I mean, so the main services that are needed for Onyx is around file storage and communication. So we have a service layer, which, you know, we took all the learnings from Onyx and we said, well, why don't we make this kind of a service layer? Because a lot of different types of dApps might want basic messaging. Mm -hmm. And so the two main service layers that are needed to build an Onyx-like product would be file storage and uh, communication. Mm -hmm. But yeah, with Onyx, I mean, our and our entire white paper is basically about this. The the power of Swarm, and right now we're leveraging Swarm kind of under the hood, which is the Ethereum Foundation protocol, is that it has this idea called dark routing. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine that when you're sending an you're writing a letter to somebody, a, a, a handheld letter, but instead of putting the door number and the street number and all of the details, you just put in maybe the city. And the way dark routing works is if you just put Chicago on that envelope, you send it off. Essentially, that envelope will go to every single door, every single house in Chicago, and only the person, obviously, with the keys can unlock it and open that. But now, the reason why that's interesting, it makes it a little bit slower to get to its destination, but it's harder to disrupt, it's harder to surveil, because anybody who's kind of watching the network would not be able to see who the true recipient is. Mm -hmm. So this dark routing offers kind of a, a, a whole new level of privacy and, and censorship resistance that really nothing, nothing, exists today that has that. Mm -hmm. uh, where does the mainframe token come in? Yeah, so the mainframe token is, is similar to other tokens in that it's used to incentivize participants on the network. And so as the, we're using these different services, for example, Swarm, Swarm Node, and other services like Bluezell and others, 
essentially we're, we're using the mainframe token as an abstraction around all of these other tokens. So you can almost think of like a developer only needs to think about the mainframe token, and the mainframe token is what's gonna be used as kind of the wrapper around all the other tokens for exchanging, for incentivization, figuring out all the different incentivization schemes. Some of these protocols don't have any incentivization at all. Mm -hmm. So how can you incentivize somebody to run one of those nodes uh, <laughs> when they normally would have no incentive other than altruism to run that node? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, I believe tokens should be used just like the original token, which is Bitcoin. I think. Tokens should be used to incentivize participants in a network, in an ecosystem, to participate, to, to grow, to help it. You know, specifically to for payments? Yeah, it's around incentivization. Yeah. I mean, there are a few other use cases that we're exploring. Like, in the mainframe OS, which is what we're releasing right now, um, there are a few use cases around, you know, deploying an application, uh, moderation, things like that. But yeah, I, if I had to summarize it, it's around incentivizing participants on the network to help keep it more decentralized. Well, there's a difference between incentives uh, if you have some type of staking mechanism and using it as a payment token, right? Because if it's just a payment token, the question is, oh, why don't you just use ETH? Why don't you just use Bitcoin? If it's um, something that has to be staked from the folks that are prov provisioning some of these other services, then then it, it seems a little stickier because people have to hold it in order yeah. to, to, to facilitate these. Yeah, I mean, the nodes, the way that the nodes are going to work is it's not just payments. It's, again, it's incentivizing them. It's, it's, uh, there's kind of the, the, the protocol that we're using is called Swapsware and Swindle, where it's a, it's a mix of you're rewarded for good behavior, mm -hmm. but you also have to stake so that if you do anything bad, you're going to lose those tokens as well. So it is a mix of both. Mm -hmm. um, what, um, what's kind of next on the roadmap? So big release this weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're very antsy to get yeah. other, you know, DApps actually built yep. soup to nuts but, uh, using using mainframe OS. Um, how do you guys think about the next milestones? Is it getting those first dozen DApp providers from you know external sources that are actually sh showcasing the utility of, of the framework you guys have built? Is it another product release? Um, what 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 comes next in the life cycle of this project? Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we want to provide value for developers. And the way that you can provide value for developers is you make it easier for them, but also other ways. For example, provide more distribution. Create an environment in which they can have more users using it. I mean, this is kind of one of the fundamental things about dApps and the dApp ecosystem, is there's just not a lot of users using it. Somebody's changing back there. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to cover it up. Um, and so yeah, I would Weird say- Weird things happen in the dungeon now, I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, users are a big thing, right? Like, meaning there just aren't a lot of users using dApps today. And so we need to be thinking, how do we bring people into Web3? How do we make it easier for people to onboard? And so, I mean, there's a lot of people working on this problem. And so just trying to work, partner with them, collaborate with them. How do we make it easier for users and users to start using these decentralized applications? So I think it's value in the actual applications themselves. But discovery, bringing people in. How do you make it easy? MetaMask, I mean, we created this, this video called Dawn of the Daps. I don't know if you ever saw it. It's about a, a guy who was selling uh, lemonade and then there was kind of a, it was a funny joke around how much friction there is with just using dApps today. There's, a, there's an incredible amount of friction. And so, yeah, we're gonna continue to work to reduce that friction and make it easier for developers and users. Super exciting, uh, really interested to see the outcome of this weekend and, and excited to see uh, how things progress with you guys over the course of the next year. Um, we will do this again soon. Let's do it again Next time soon. you guys have, yeah. uh, have a major announcement, but uh, Mick Hagan. Thanks for, for having me. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Thanks, man. Yeah.